from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Screeners. My name is Chris. This is Chad. I'm Melody. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. All right, guys, we have a jam-packed show tonight, and I am excited to get started. But before I do, I wanted to invite everybody who's listening tonight to make sure that you join in on the conversation. We are constantly posting on Facebook um, different articles and, of course, our episodes, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about the certain topics that we're talking about. Let us know. We're doing a top three list tonight. Let us know what you think about those. Uh, did you like them? Did you not like them? What did we miss? The discussion really is what drives us here on the screeners, and we'd love to hear from you. So join us on Facebook. That's where the discussion happens, and we can't wait to hear from you. Tonight, I am beyond excited to be able to chat about this television series. It has been years in the making and I have to say I'm a little bit nervous, <laughs> but tonight, as you should be, all of the screeners watched a little show, one of my favorite shows of all time, Hannibal. Mr. Graham, Special Agent Jack Crawford. Can I borrow your imagination? You FBI? I'm a special investigator. He catches insane men because he can think like them. He can enter the mind of a killer in a way that no one ever has. What do you see, Dr. Lecter? An interesting place to start. Have nice. we mentioned this show on the podcast? I don't, I don't, I don't think we've talked <laughs> about it. <laughs> the IMDb synopsis is as follows. It says, Hannibal explores the early relationship between the renowned psychiatrist and his patient, a young FBI criminal profiler who is haunted by his ability to empathize with serial killers. All right, guys. So we finally, I finally convinced you to watch Hannibal and I cannot wait to hear what you guys thought of the first what did you guys watch the first two episodes is that right for most of you guys yep Um, Yep. okay so Daniel what did you think of Hannibal well uh, Hannibal is one of those shows that's been on my list ever since it premiered so I I didn't really have a reason for not watching it up until now so um, now that you have forced us to watch it I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course, so, Chris Jr. <laughs> so look, Thank so I, I've struggled to keep up with any network drama in the past many years. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've even watched more than a couple episodes of a network drama because they're just so, uh, I, they're just fluffy recently. Like now that we have such great stuff coming from Netflix and uh, AMC and all that stuff, network dramas have just gone down the tubes in my opinion. Yeah. So that's also part of the reason why I didn't watch Hannibal because I just worried that it would be more of that. And it still could be. I've only watched two episodes, so what do I know? <laughs> but uh, the first two episodes are are awesome. To start visually, this is uh, this is one of the most incredible TV shows I've ever seen visually. The cinematography is outstanding. It's oh. interesting. It's dark, but but beautiful. And um, so the pilot did a great job of, um, you know, it sort of goes in and out of Will's head. And the way that they do that is really, really well done. Um, really visually intriguing. So I, I honestly can't think off the top of my head of a show that's this that that looks as good as this one. So could be the best shot show I've ever seen. We're only a couple, like I said, only a couple episodes in. So I don't know exactly where it's going. Um, I'm worried that the show could turn into just like a procedural, like you know, start to get into sort of killer of the week. I know they're not there yet. I know they're trying to catch this one killer right now. But yeah, I'm just I'm I don't I don't see too much of a long term story yet. But again, 
you know, it's just the first two episodes. That's that's all right for now. So it makes me feel good that there's only 13 episodes a season. So it seems like, you know, they, they'll hopefully put quality over quantity. Great show so far. Um, I'm, I'm in for the visuals and performances, and uh, I have faith that the story will, will catch up to the way the series looks. So I'm in. Nice. I knew there was a reason why I put you first, Daniel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Josh. Chris is too happy right now. <laughs> Josh, what did you think of Hannibal? Yeah, the reason you put Daniel first is because you know Daniel has to keep up his political capital so that when he wants to make us all watch San Andreas 2. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, like Chris, back me up on this That's one. right. Exactly. I know. I know. Okay, Wait a minute. So, San Andreas uh, 2? Is there a sequel? Oh, it's oh there out. will be. It's called Baywatch. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be fair here. And <laughs> <laughs> you know it's good when it starts out like that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, no, in all honesty, there's there's good and bad to be said um, about Hannibal, in my opinion. The same thing Daniel said about the way it's shot. The visuals are, they are fantastic. And they kind of make the show feel a little too, almost a little too high concept to be on network TV. And maybe that's why it's not on network TV anymore. So that part is great. But the interesting thing is where I, I diverge from Daniel. He says he doesn't know how the next episodes are going to go um, and is afraid it might devolve into a procedural. I feel like it's really starting out that way and I, and I hope it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like there are too many compromises to the network pastiche that hold the show back from, from being really great, from being one of these cable dramas that it seems to really want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like this, there's a pretty thick groove being cut in the first two episodes to make it kind of like to make it a crime procedural and this whole episodic find a really bizarre crime and solve it and accomplish a tiny bit of character development in the process. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing I forgave in house a show like house because I really liked most of the characters in house. Um, and so, but there are two main things keeping me from feeling the same way about this show. And number one is that, the the crimes themselves are so macabre that it's just kind of over the top and it's clear that they're trying to push the envelope of network tv but to me it feels like they're trying too hard they're like look we're not a normal network drama look at all this weird stuff that we did look at the gore look and it's like okay but it's not really my thing and the other is that the show is so focused on the two main characters um will and hannibal that like no attention is paid to making the other characters feel like real people. They're just straw people. They're not funny. They're not likable. They're just there because we can't live the whole episode inside Will's head. And it's like the real writers in the show worked on Will and Hannibal, spent a couple minutes each week on Lawrence Fishburne's character, and the rest of the episode got filled in by a stable of you know generic network writers. They kept locked in a cage in the basement with CSI scripts. <laughs> and <laughs> what? That was a very okay. Specific all right. Thought. No, it, come on, come I'm on. The, say, the agents I'm, I'm they push back on that one, Josh, But just, okay, all right. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, and while we're on the subject of shtick, in case you didn't know, Hannibal eats people. No. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And in case you'd forgotten that part about the character, we're gonna show him eating meat. No, savoring meat in dim lighting with a nice glass of Merlot in every episode. And it looks delicious. <laughs> it does. does look delicious. Does. And all the characters think it's delicious. And he yeah. looks meaningfully at them. But I did start out by saying that there was good about the show, so I should probably end on the good. It was compelling enough as a TV show to get me to pay attention rather than 
multitasking during the episodes like I normally do. It's just that there were too many things that kind of graded me about the experience for me to want to keep going. Because if I'm going to watch a show about grotesque crimes, I really want my first season of True Detective back. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. Well, I I um I, I would urge you to keep watching, Josh. I think you will be presently uh you'll be surprised by the direction that the the show goes. Surprised? Yeah, I Speak think good. that. Well, I think w- your your hopes will um will end up being you'll you'll get what you want. I guess is what I'm saying. I think I agree with you. That's why I wanted you guys to watch the first a little more than two episodes because I think that. Uh, you're right. The at the very beginning of the series, they had to tell NBC that maybe we could do like this procedural deal, but that quickly gets put away, and and it's just one story. And the last season is one long movie, and it's wonderful. So um, I would definitely say keep watching if that's the kind of movie that you're looking for. Not it 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 drops that procedural thing pretty quickly uh, within the first season, the first couple of episodes. Anyway, oh, that is. That is good to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. next question is, and, and this is good because it leads me into Melody. Yeah. Um, how how does it go as far as the crime aspect of it? Is is my wife going to watch the show and not hate me? Can we watch it like a drama or is it just pure gore the whole time? Well, first not. of all, she already hates you, so that's not Well, that's that's, we'll get to that later. We'll get to well, that later. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Melody tell, tell you what she feels about the show, um, and then uh, I think I think those two, unfortunately, those two things go hand in hand. Uh, if, if it's a Hannibal, uh, Signs of the Lambs type show, you've got to understand that it's going to have uh, a fair amount of gore uh, in every single episode. It's uh, just I mean, this is part of a part of it. So this isn't this isn't the Hannibal story, though. I mean, Hannibal movies right. are about a cannibal. This this is other people doing weirder stuff, right? Well, if, but if you remember Silence of Lambs, it was yeah. about a different case, and exactly. then Hannibal gets mixed yeah. up into it. Obviously, all of all of the movies have always been about one serial killer and how Hannibal has helped the FBI solve that serial killer's crime. And so that's kind of you're going to see how it became to where they would say if they need a even if he's in prison, if they need somebody to um, help out on this kind of a case, they're going to come to Hannibal because he was so helpful in the past. And this is the story of how they've got to the point where even if it seems like a bad idea, they still want to go talk to him because he has some insight that nobody else has. Uh, So that this is the story of that. This is leading up to uh, where you pick up at um, Signs of the Lambs. So, okay, Melody, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what did you think of Hannibal? Well, I have seen the first three episodes, although I I watched them a long time ago when Chris first really tried to get me into this show. I I rewatched like one and a half in preparation for this recording. And I felt the same way about them this time as I did when I watched them originally, which is, it is certainly a a beautifully shot show. It definitely does not feel like network television. The the acting is great. The the storylines are compelling. My problem with the show is uh, I just don't really love to watch this much, like, disturbing gore on a regular basis, you know, like, just to, to sit down and watch three seasons of it to catch up with everything. Like, I just don't think I have it in me. If you like this kind of stuff, like, sure. I mean, everyone loves Hannibal. I'm sure you'll love it. 
But I don't know. And my, my other problem, honestly, is like, I already know what happens to Will Graham and Hannibal. Like, I already know the future of their relationship. I know where it ends up. I know what happens. So, like, it takes a lot of the mystery of it out, out of it for me, I guess. Like, I since I already know the future. And I don't know. Chris said something about maybe they're not following that storyline. Yeah, I was about to say, don't don't say you know what's going to happen. Because it's, like, it's just like Game of Thrones in that. Anyway, go, go, and then continue. in the end, everyone dies. Yeah, well, exactly. But th- I mean, that's also extremely annoying. Like, if they don't, if they're not going to stay within canon, then that's also no, irritating. They so. will. They will. What didn't stay in canon is Silence of the Lambs. That's a anyway. So okay. Well, continue. I'm not talking about Silence of the Lambs. I'm talking about Red Dragon. Anyway, yeah, I know you are. I I understand why it's compelling. Uh, if I liked serial killer shows, this is probably some of some of the best that's out there. But I don't so much. So. I will probably not end up finishing it, but <laughs> thanks for the chance to revisit and make sure I still <laughs> yeah, did not a problem. Anytime, <laughs> thanks, honey. but no thanks. So <laughs> I think I think what we've learned here, Josh, is that your wife's probably not a good candidate for this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I definitely, I would definitely agree. Is that if if you have a problem with gore and extreme acts of violence, you're probably not going to. It's I, I don't necessarily have a problem. I don't know. It's just watching a whole TV show that every episode is that plus the cannibalism, like. I, I agree with right. Josh. All these the scenes cannibal- of him like savoring okay. eating meat. Hang- like, I, you have why? To I don't this need is- to see that. Okay, but Whoa, I, hmm. they're setting up the character. I know, but I already know the character. Yeah, exactly. No, we, we all know don't. what Hannibal does. I mean, don't. we don't have to don't. pound don't. it home. You don't. You you know you know a certain part of it, but you don't know the story, and that's the story is pretty fascinating. Anyway, that's okay. Yeah. First so of all, anybody on. anybody that can look at the way the food is prepared in this series and not yeah. say it looks magnificent, it's crazy town. If you didn't know that it was lungs, it looks amazing. Come on. And apparently, it tastes amazing. Yeah, like that sausage and eggs that looks better in Denny's. No. That was I wanted to. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're gonna move on. I love Chad. That so much. <laughs> Chad, you you liked how the 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 food looked. looked did you like how the show was? Did you did you enjoy the show? Well, I am someone that has, for whatever reason, I don't know. I think my childhood was somewhat wholesome and and good. But uh. I am um, I I enjoy horror very much. Good horror, I should say. When when it's interested in asking questions. And and being a reflection of the culture and, and all that kind of stuff. All that to say, gore doesn't really bother me, and, and those kinds of things don't bother me. What does bother me, though, is when something is uninteresting or stretched out or trying to be something like this appeared to be in the first two episodes or so. Although, and I have to say that I am currently on episode 10. So if that tells you anything wow. as far as where I, where I am. It's strange for me because I'll agree with what everybody said. It was obviously it's gorgeously shot. It absolutely looks like a film. It may be the best looking television show I've ever seen. Wonderful, wonderful stuff visually and not just not just the quality of the image but as Daniel alluded to I think the composition and the way that the camera moves and some of the shots are are it's very good and it enhances the story it's 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 an active participant the way the camera is moving as opposed to just kind of doing basic coverage that you would get in a normal television show so from that standpoint I, I really have nothing but good things to say about it it would this for me though because I am on episode 10 I really enjoyed the first two episodes very much. And then episodes like three, four, and five, there was kind of a dip for me, kind of a lull for me. And then it's picked back up. And I think, I think central to, to, to that problem that I'm having where I, I really like this show. 
I really do, Chris, and I have to I have to give you kudos. It's a great show, but I don't love it. And I think part of the reason that I don't love it is, and I guess this is mild spoiler, uh, although I don't think so. But I'll, I'll give a mild spoiler alert. Skip ahead a minute or so if you don't want to hear this. Is I think Will Graham's magic trick really bothers me a little bit, and I understand empathy with the character and all the. Uh, the psychosis that's going on on why he's able to kind of see things. But I think what Josh mentioned about true detective, one of the things that is exhilarating to me, and this may be the baggage that I bring is the unraveling of these stories and the progress that they make in solving the crimes based on the evidence and things that they find and uh, Mm. the investigative process. And I feel like in this specific show, at least in, what I've seen so far, the fact that he just goes into a room and he closes his eyes and da 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 da, and then he knows exactly what happened, takes away a lot of that for me, a lot of the momentum for me, and it just becomes more of like a plot device to get us to the next place where we need to go very quickly because they are trying to cover a lot of things. And as it advances in this season, it is definitely not a monster of the week kind of thing at all. Right. So I think for me that right now at episode 10 in season one is the thing that bothers me a little bit from, from just like totally Chris and Chris Jr. wrapping my arms around it and calling this show <laughs> awesome. And it's to me, it's not the greatest show of all time. It's not close. That's the West Wing. And don't let anybody dare say anything yes. different. But that's the main thing for me. It's a little bit slow paced. Um, the magic trick thing kind of bothers me a little bit. It is definitely brutal. I do think it is interesting, though, what they're trying to say about morality and madness and all this stuff. Although I can't imagine, and I haven't looked at this, Chris, you probably could tell me, I can't imagine that this show would ever connect with a mainstream audience because it's so bizarre That's and the problem. dark and, and, and interesting that you know, yeah. I just can't see how it would ever connect. It, it's, it's, it's different than anything that has ever been on television, and it deserves to be someplace other than NBC. That's the problem is, is that they tried to do this on NBC. If, if this would have been on HBO, I feel like they would have been able to have the resources to do something um, a little more interesting and a little bit more powerful at the beginning. Uh, the first season for me in the way that I watched them, I guess I'm guessing you obviously you watched it. They watched all these 10 episodes pretty quickly together. Yeah. Um, but I watched the, I watched them one week at a time. You know what I mean? There was there was weak gaps in between. And this that was the way they were kind of meant to be watched. And so I understand how they could feel slow, but I actually enjoyed the slowness of every episode because I wasn't watching them back to back. But I, I could see how that might get a little annoying. But for me, I loved the just kind of being thrown into the psychology of See, that's the thing too. Your other your criticism about um, this show, this move, this is this show is not about solving crimes. It's really not about that at all. Uh, it's more about how how can it, it is is it possible to to turn somebody? Never mind. It, it's it's it, it 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 takes some interesting turns that I've never seen any other television show do. Specifically in in its second season, and the season two is just so good. Uh, that I, I don't even know. And then season three is the story that you've all seen before, um, but done better than any any other place you've ever seen. It's just it's spectacular. So, so that that specifically was my thing, Chris. And I, again, I'm only two episodes into it, but right. I I didn't want it to be about solving a crime, and I felt like 
it's not. It was. It ended up a little bit heavy on that it, each it, episode. It, it, you're right, and, it, and I think that was an NBC thing. And I think honestly that the creators of the show, the first, I think four or five episodes got really good reviews, um, and there was quite a number of talks of it getting you know awards, and they saw that the the show leaders were competent, and so they gave them more free reign. Um, and so you see that change, uh, you know, in that, in that fourth episode, I think it is, or fifth episode where we go from a tinge of this week to week thing where we focus a lot on week to week and more focusing on characters. It's episode five. Episode five. There you go. But you, you can see when you can see when NBC said, okay, fine, do your thing. You don't have to do this week to week thing anymore. We understand where you're going. It, it happens almost, it's almost break, breakneck where you're like, oh, Okay, this is what they wanted to do. This is the show they wanted to make. Yeah. And season two is proof of that. And season three is even further that way. Um, it's uh, anyway, I, I really enjoy what they've done with the show. So, okay, so, well, there we go. Hannibal, well, I feel good. I feel good about it. I, I know you do. We know you do. <laughs> no, actually, I will, I will close out this by being nice. And I will say that what I saw in the first two episodes makes me inclined to and want to believe all you just said about the story yeah. arc. So you, you should check it out. I mean, if you enjoy dark, psychological and disturbing things like I do. See, that's uh, the thing. I enjoy psychological things, yeah. but I don't like to go back to what Melody and I were talking about. I don't I don't get any enjoyment from being pounded over the head with, okay, okay, with but, my cobra every week. I, I just, yeah. And I, I think that tones down. There, there is that. <laughs> there is that. I don't know that but it I tones think, down much. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what I mean is, what I mean is, is the emphasis put on that. Um, there, there's a lot of it. Okay. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of, and that, that is, that is a staple of the show, but I think there are some great, and I don't know if you've seen these yet, Chad, but I really enjoy the conversations that Will and Hannibal have oh, yeah. together. The just writing is in fantastic. Room. It's great. Oh, it's so good. Just, just the, the things that they talk about, and like the first, second, and third layer of of what they're talking about, and how, you know who knows what, when, and how to you know all this stuff is just it's it's tense and fascinating, and the the relationship that those two characters have is so complex. It's unlike anything else on television. If you don't enjoy those two, that 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 uh that that bromance that they have, you're probably not going to like this show. But for me, I found it fascinating and and completely watchable. Yes. So because anyway. when they make sweet love on the kitchen table, yes, you're not ready for it. You're not. It's just it's a shocking. It's a shocking it's shocking. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. That was Hannibal. I'm glad that you guys finally watched it. I hope you continue to watch it. Chad, it warms my heart to know that you're 10 episodes in. Oh, I'm in. I'm going to watch the whole thing for sure. That's just, oh. uh, I don't love it yet. I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 uh, it grows on you. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Inspired by our recent viewing of Hannibal, we thought we would institute a brand new thing on the screener shows, our top three. Top three. Yeah. How how does Hannibal get into this? Well, each and every show, we're going to pick our top three lists from any number of things. It could be favorite movies. It could be favorite movie scenes, favorite actors, favorite themes, least favorite themes. Who knows? But inspired by Hannibal, we thought tonight, our inaugural episode of Top 3, we would talk about our top three 
favorite, if you can call it that in quotes, <laughs> serial killer films and or TV series. Now, we, there's no overriding criteria to this. We let each screener kind of make up their own. The only basic rule is that a serial killer needs to be involved in some way. Are you guys ready for our inaugural top three? Yes. Woo-hoo. Hey, can you define serial killer? How many does the, how many bodies does there need to be in order to be a serial I mean, killer? Anybody you know, know, I'd say what's I don't know. There, I'm sure there's some real answer do, to that yeah. question. Do we have to see any of them? Do I was going to say the to... FBI. What is it? What what I mean, define? It's going to be like a person or per, you know that's killed at least. What do they say? Three, four, ish. I don't know. A serial killer is defined as someone who commits more than three murders over go. the period of span of more than one month. So, so I have to cross the jinx off my list. <laughs> <laughs> or <Yep>. do you? <laughs> so here we go. Here we go, kids. So we hope you like this new feature. We'll be posting on our Facebook page each top, each top three countdown. We want to hear from you. We want you to let us know how right or wrong that we are. And uh, I thought we'd kick things off with our resident serial killer film lover, Melody. Yes. What is your number three serial killer movie? Uh, or TV series of all time? Well, you know, how does one define what makes a great serial killer movie? Is it how it makes you feel? Is it how disturbing the serial killers are? I don't know. I had a hard time with this. And I also am just now finding out at this moment that TV shows count. So <laughs> oh, I feel like I no, I'm not rethinking my list because I've already put thought into it. So I'm disturbed at my list, honestly, because all of these films are disturbing. And you love but them? I mean, no, I don't love them. But if I'm going to like say that was a good serial killer film for what it is, then these are like the ones that I would go to first. Although I I feel like my runners up might be more interesting because my main ones are pretty on the nose. Well, I don't know. My number one might be a curveball. Anyway. All right. My number three. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's Saw. Saw. Uh, it is. Wow. The original as, Saw. As much <laughs> as I hate all of the follow-ups to the original that get progressively Two more horrible. Two is good. Come horrible. on. Two, Two is was good. okay. The rest are completely ridiculous. But the first one was extremely compelling, extremely disturbing, had all the, the twistiness that you want in a film such as that. For what it was, it was great. So that's my number three. Excellent pick. Just remind me that mm. the next time we do a major look segment, we have to make sure somebody picks Josh to watch Saw. That has yeah. I Wait. saw it when it came out in the theaters. Oh, I'm you telling did? you, I just don't remember it. Yeah. How do you I just, not remember it's just Saw? Not <laughs> because what? it blended it, in with the rest of the franchise and I stopped anything, caring. No. It's, it's memorable for sure. It is All nothing right. like the rest of the franchise. Okay. Good pick, Melody. Good pick. All right, Chris, what about you? What's your number three? Okay, so, we, we, we're, so we're diving both television series and movies. We, we can only pick three of all of those, correct? That's it. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, then for number three for me, I think I'm going to put the television show Dexter. Um, I enjoyed Dexter quite a bit, specifically because it turned the serial killer genre on its nose and made the serial killer a good guy. And uh, you cared about the serial killer, and he was doing things with some sort of a moral compass, which was very, very strange. And so uh, it was quirky. It was weird. 
it lost its way midway through the seasons, but I think it ended up pretty strong. So I actually enjoyed quite a bit, specifically the first three ep- first three seasons of Dexter. They were really, really good television. Yeah, I got through the first three seasons of Dexter, yeah. and I, I, I kind of stopped there. Is it worth finishing, Chris? Uh, I, I like, you know, honestly, I, I just wanted to see how it ended. Uh, and so I watched it all the way through the, the season three and four just seemed strange and weird. And they, I don't think they understood where they were going. They yeah. just, they just kept getting the ability to do another season, another season. And finally they said, no, this is going to be our last season. And so the last season I feel like ended pretty strong. They did, they did some pretty crazy things in that last season that were that's that are worth watching i don't think you'd lose a whole lot by just even skipping to the last season i might be wrong <laughs> wow. but um you you could you could probably do that or well, go the, online and find one of those like you know those uh web, those, those lists that show you the episodes that you need to watch in order to understand what's happening yeah. in a television series you could probably do that you, well the first two watch. seasons were really great i felt like that that series did things that no other series had done at that time it was quirky and funny and yet dark and completely it was that, that very dark comedy it hit that pitch perfect specifically the first three seasons yeah. really, really and well. that opening yeah. credit sequence is surprisingly disturbing for no apparent reason yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. he just make, he's making breakfast he's that's making it. breakfast that's it i that's loved favorite. that show if i i stopped watching after the third season because it just went it crossed a line that i could not I couldn't yeah. cross with it, but if if I was judging only on the first two seasons, it um, would be in my top three list for sure. Well, I want to know what that line is. Yeah, oh great. no, you don't. It's horrible. <laughs> All yeah, right, tell me later, Chris. <laughs> Not a problem. I will. All right, Josh. Uh, I imagine that you had a very easy time putting this list together. Uh, yeah, it was super easy. This is <laughs> this is my jam. This so, genre is my thing. That's what I thought. So, do you have a number three that you'd like to share with the world? Well, see, I did have a hard time putting this together, like I said, and then five minutes ago, you drop on us that we can do TV, too, right? and I rewrote two-thirds of my list in two minutes, because it was go. suddenly really easy. Yeah. Um, number three, for me, is also Dexter. Oh. Okay. And it's at three for the same reason, and in that I stopped a few seasons into it when it just got kind of drawn out and felt a little like it didn't know what it was doing. And maybe I should come back and watch the last season, mm-hmm. but yeah. Find a guide. Find a guide because I think it's worth watching. That last season's worth watching. Okay, excellent. All right, Daniel, what about you? What's your number three? My number three. So for this list, I really tried to come up with something surprising or original or anything, but I really couldn't. So none of my answers are really surprising. <laughs> I was even like googling lists of serial killer movies, and I just I I couldn't find anything. I, I'm really happy with my list. I love all these movies. Daniel, the San Andreas Fault is not a serial killer, <laughs> but so many people die. Oh my gosh, <laughs> never dies. It qualifies. <laughs> all right, so uh, you guys love that movie. So uh, I really number- did. I enjoyed it. <laughs> my number three is seven david fincher's first real real original movie uh and it's really incredible so yeah that's my number three you know on facebook several people put that on and we'll we'll get to who said that in a little bit but i honestly i don't remember that movie all that well and mm-hmm. I, obviously i know the iconic scenes of course you know what's in the box you know all those you know but it's been so long since i've actually watched that movie beginning to end i really need to revisit it because I, I remember it being really disturbing and crazy yeah I remember, yeah it is it is i remember yeah. walking out of the theater and and feeling very strange like yeah i don't know what i just saw Woo. Uh, and having to really process that but that's a well, great really it's really a different thing like it's, it doesn't feel like 
uh, most other movies at all. It really feels like its own mm-hmm. different, dark. It's not a happy movie, but it's uh, it's really impactful. I want to just see it because of I like David Fincher and his visual style is pretty well unique. Like you can, you know, I'm just wanting to see how that translates from one of his very first features. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, for my number three, my my only rule here was I didn't try to pick what would be kind of an objective because there's no such thing. But even just kind of a a critical consensus of what is the best movie, I went with more of a personal approach and tried to pick a top three that had impacted me in some way, positively or negatively, made me think, made me nauseous or uneasy or something. And so for me, my number three is Natural Born Killers. Mm. Uh, It is a movie that I, in you, if you don't like this, Daniel, mm. I don't know what's wrong with that, you. That is my least favorite movie of all time. Like, it, literally, the, the one, the least favorite movie of all time. Well, you have a pure spirit, oh, and we've established that I, my, my heart is dark. <clears throat> but for me, this was the first movie that I remember, and this came out in early 2000-something, like 2001, 2002, something like that. Mid-90s. And, um, is it mid-90s? Yeah. Oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, I just looked it up. 94. So that's right. So that makes more sense. God, I'm so old. What's happened to my life? I was, I was two years old. What has happened that's to my life? That's why you life? didn't like it. Gosh. Right. So in 1994, I was a freshman in college. So that's that's what it was. I, this was one of the first movies that I remember seeing and just being like sh- shaken, not in a negative way, but like this is so irreverent and violent and crazy and it has interesting things to say. And, of course, we know that this is based on a story by uh, Quentin Tarantino, one of his first uh, first credits. And Oliver Stone had a very unique style as a director. Woody Harrelson's performance is great. It explores all kinds of child abuse and awful things, just awful things, awful things. <laughs> but does it in a way that it is more satirical and is funny and is commenting on the state of the media back in 1994, which would be absolutely apropos for today. Uh, so anyway, I think it's a fantastic movie. It's not for everyone, but uh, but it's my number three. So, what your okay, least so favorite have, of all time? Yeah, I have to respond. Really, so, I I remember so vividly the day that I watched this movie because I was browsing around Blockbuster looking for movies that I recognized, and I was like, oh okay, Oliver Stone directed that. Let me check it out. And about fifteen to twenty minutes into this movie. I hated it so intently. It was. It looked horrible. Yeah, the performances it does. are over the top and terrible. Yeah. I absolutely hate everything about this movie. So, so about twenty minutes in, I said, "I can't shut this movie off. I have to finish this because I will never see a movie this horrible again." <laughs> I hated it so <laughs> yeah. much, so much. So yeah. that that it's literally my least favorite movie of all time. Chris, you're super experimental. Are you agreeing it, with all this? Th- no, no, no. I, I understand where he's coming from. It's super. Uh, it feels like an experimental film. Yeah, it does, and um, that's fine. But I hated it. It's just, it, you know, it's very strange that like low angles and then zoom yeah. up. It feels very video. Cutting, you know what I mean? Video to film. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It's it's just very. It's it's just an interesting movie. I don't. I wouldn't say that I I hate it. It just is really strange. Like while you're watching it, like you said, Chad, you feel really strange while watching it. It is a. Uh, it's this mixture of like. Video game, uh, VHS, and uh, just a an acid trip. It is really insane. It really is. It is. But I understand. I understand both of your feelings on that because I'm sure at different it. periods of your life it would be. Yep. It would be. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I loved it. All right, well, let's move on to our number two then, our mm-hmm. top two. So, Melody, let's go back to you. What is your number two? 
Well, my number two is not anything too original, but I don't feel like, you know, top three serial movie list cannot have seven on it. So seven is my number two for all the reasons yeah. that Daniel mentioned. It's kind of the classic serial killer movie in my mind or one of them. I think it was ahead of its time and very disturbing in the ways that I suppose serial killer movies are supposed to be. So seven it is. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Great pick. Chris, what about you? Number two. So I think I was in high school when this movie came out. Um, and um, I actually, I wasn't allowed to see it, right? Because it was rated R. Um, but what I could do, because my mom was all about me reading books, is I could actually buy the script and read the uh, script. So, I, and I still have the script. I'm sorry? Loophole. Exactly, it was a loophole. Um, and so uh, I was able to, uh, I read the script and I loved it. And as soon as I um, was able to find uh, another loophole, which was go over to one of my friend's house who had rented it on VHS, I watched it and that was Scream. Hello? Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I want to know who I'm looking at. I yes, loved Scream. It, it felt so different from anything else I'd ever seen. It was cool and uh, it, it was uh, it was aware, it was self-aware and it was just, uh, you know, you had the film nerds and you had the, uh, the, I just, I felt like it was so, it was on a different level from anything else I'd ever seen. It was, it was schlocky and silly, but at the same time it felt real. It was, it was really a, a cool tone that that movie hit so scream for me sits at number two great pick it reinvigorated the horror genre at a time when yeah. it was in a really really low place it's actually still a fun movie to watch too yeah, i mean it, it definitely doesn't well. age well but it's still fun i disagree i think it holds up pretty well actually yeah. it it yeah, feels yeah. right it feels right yeah, at that time that opening scene is still i mean it's oh, iconic yeah. for a reason it's it's yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah. I, I, what i mean by that is is that it definitely is firmly stuck in like what is it late 90s yeah, early yeah. 2000s like it, it's firmly stuck there it was it was meta before it was cool to be meta absolutely yeah. all right josh what about you what was your number two are you t still in tv land or are you pick a film i had to pick a film sometime but um, I was <laughs> I was really just trying to rack my brain to come up with anything other than um, Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon, <laughs> which I almost put Red Dragon on my list simply because my only memory of that movie is bursting out into laughter at, in, in a scene that I was not supposed to laugh at. And I like looked around the theater. I was like, oh, this, this mm -hmm. isn't funny, is it? Josh is like, oh, uh, I am the psychopath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning but, things about yourself while you were watching that movie, right? And that was when I knew. <laughs> no, but so number two in my list is actually is dedicated to these lists of top serial killer movies that yes. didn't make any sense. And I, actually, one of these in here, um, someone mentioned on Facebook, and so I'm just gonna agree with that and say number two is a tie between Sweeney Todd, Hot Fuzz, what do you and do? 
from dusk till dawn. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks like three movies. Killer, but it's on the list. It, it's called top three. Goodness, three. This is hilarious. You can't find enough. You can't find enough, and now you put three right. in your. Makes sense as serial killer movies, so I feel like together maybe they make a serial killer. Sweeney movie. Todd works as a serial killer. Movie. Okay, then Sweeney Todd. Hot Fuzz is technically one too, kind of. Yeah. But. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, that's interesting for sure. Sweeney Todd is def- is on my honorable mention list. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I love Sweeney Todd, and it's definitely serial killer. So, Daniel, what about you? What's your number two? Well, man, I didn't even Hot Fuzz didn't even occur to me. That's a really <laughs> good choice, actually. Uh, but yeah, for number two, like I said, nothing super surprising. Josh even made fun of it when he was just talking. Number two is <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Um, <laughs> look, it, you know, it, it, it's I mean, we reviewed Hannibal. Everybody knows this story, uh, or a lot of people know it. But it's just so good. And and can we talk about the fact that it won? Well, it won Best Picture, yeah, but it, it also won the top five. Like, how did the Silence of the Lambs of all movies win these? But it's totally deserved. It's an amazing movie. Yep. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. And gave us one of the most iconic serial killers in cinematic history, for sure. Yeah. You spook easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. Oh, he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're gonna catch him, do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. My, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked by what my number one is. <laughs> my uh, my number two is uh, I you know this David Fincher's getting a lot of love and so I've got to get on that train. But my number two is actually Zodiac. Uh, I think Zodiac is better than what? Seven. I do. Whoa! Uh, I think no. It is. Uh, it what? absolutely is. Seven what? is Seven has a lot more has a lot more moments that are of pathos as far as the kinds of things that happen in the story, but constructed just as a film, Zodiac is a masterwork in my opinion. It is beautifully shot. It is tightly constructed, wonderfully acted and thrilling to no end. So to me, Zodiac is, is way up there, even in my personal, you know, maybe top 25 of all time films. I really, really love, love Zodiac quite a bit. So that's my wow. number two. Mm. So with that, we come to our number one, number one picks for the inaugural version of top three. We started <laughs> it off right with Serial Killer. So, Melody, what is your number one? You guys are probably going to make fun of me for this, but I don't really care because I like it. It is a movie called Frailty. You the agent in charge of the case? That's right. What can I do for you? I'm here because I can't live with what I know anymore. Listen, this may sound a little bit crazy, but... I know who the goddamn killer is. What makes you think that? You hadn't even heard me out yet, and already you doubt me. Wake up. I've got something to tell you. What's wrong? There are demons among us. I can see the demons while other people can. I'm scared, Dad. Nothing that crazy could be real. The angel told me that God would be sending weapons. Maybe you just dreamed it. Maybe you're not right in the head. God will be sending a list of the first seven demons. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. Dad made up this whole thing. Do you understand? Well, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Don't know if you remember it. 
came out in, I don't know, like 2000, 2001, something. Matthew McConaughey. But it's actually, okay, it's a serial killer movie, but it has some other elements in it. And it's very twisty and it's very good and has a little bit of redeeming value. So it's my number one. And You're welcome. Bill Paxton directed that, I think. Bill right? Paxton. And wrote mm-hmm. it, right? And wrote yeah. it. Okay, interesting. Interesting pick. Frailty. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, what is your number one? I want to pull a Josh here. And I'm going to say Hannibal slash Silence of the Lambs. Um, I, I just I enjoy the character of Hannibal. So I just wait, like Hannibal the, the movie or Hannibal? Yeah, the Hannibal TV the movie. <laughs> Hannibal the movie is so good. <laughs> Julianne Moore. I mean, come on. No, um, Hannibal the television <laughs> I know <that's> series. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was not good. That movie was. Anyway, they should never have done that. But um, Hannibal the television series, I think, obviously, is a fantastic. But Silence of the Lambs, you cannot deny obviously started everything and is so good. I love that movie. Um, so those two, those two things to me um, are, are so close to one another and, uh, and are the same subject matter and the same characters. I'm just going to cheat and say that's my number one. Hannibal, the television series, slash Silence of the Lambs. That's mm-hmm. good. It's good to know we have this new rule that our top three can have seven movies in it. I, I wish Listen, I had known that I, before we if, started. If I had to kick it off, it, 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 I would have kicked, I would have kicked off Dexter at the bottom three, and I would have okay. just had the, those three films. So just, just so you know. The, the, basically, I'm saying either Dexter can be my number three or it can be my honorable mention. Okay, does that work? Is that's that good? Better. That's better. All right. That's better. All right, Josh, what four movies do you have for your number one? Uh, well, let's see. Where should I start? <laughs> no. My number one is, is easy because you let us do TV, and it's True Detective season one. Yeah. Mm. All the way. Mm. So good. Dang you. <laughs> I did not Only one of the very best. Uh. Oh, really? You didn't? No, I didn't. It's on my honorable mentions. It's Man just alive. below Dexter. Okay. Below Dexter. Mm. Wow. Man that's alive. impressive. Okay. All right. Well, that's a fantastic pick, Josh. You're making me uh you're making Thank me think here. That's that's that was marvelous. One of the best seasons of television in television history, I believe. All right. Daniel, what is your number one? Yeah, I didn't know I was uh, going to get the reaction that I'm going to get from my number one film. Uh, but that's Zodiac. You're right. Uh, Zodiac is incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, it is devastating and like haunting. It's way mm-hmm. more haunting and, and frustrating and, and just creepy than any of the other uh, movies that have been mentioned tonight because it's real. I mean, you know, based on based on reality, and it is it is easily the best serial killer movie ever made. I just remember that being so unsatisfying. Yeah, Am I wrong it is. On that? Okay. Heck yeah, it's unsatisfying. Hey, spoiler it's, for real life. Yeah, really. Oh, you know. I mean, it <laughs> is all so unsatisfying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, so why tell a story that doesn't wrap up? It's a great. It's a great because story. nobody else does that, and it is. It's just done so well. And man, I love that movie. That's a masterpiece to me. I agree uh, 100%, Daniel. It I'm is a good. masterpiece. I agree. Well, for my number one, I now that Josh has caused me to have to seriously reconsider leaving True Detective off my list, I don't know why I didn't think about it. That would have definitely impacted my list in some way. But my number one is, believe it or not, Frailty. No, wow. Wow. Seriously? No doubt about it. I remember watching that movie and having to go back and watch it again like a, a couple weeks later because it so emotionally impacted yeah. me in such yeah, a way that um, no no movie I, that I can recall up to that point ever had. I felt strange, and yet it, it's, it's pseudo-religious, and it's also has a lot of interesting things to say about about morality and mm-hmm. 
it's just it's 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 unlike any it wasn't what I expected for sure. And I think that it's yeah. very well done, very well written, tension filled and you don't know what's happening and at the end when it, when things kind of land like they do, it doesn't land in a in a way that makes you feel good necessarily. Yeah. So it was it was a movie that had a significant impact on me. So yeah, that's I agree with you, Melody. It's it's my number yeah. one. It's a fantastic movie. So let's talk very quickly about honorable mentions and then we'll move into uh, our main event. So, Melody, did you have any honorable mentions? I have a lot of honorable mentions, but I feel like the one that definitely needs to be honorably mentioned is a movie called Behind the Mask, The Rise Mm -hmm. of Leslie Vernon. Oh, my gosh. It really should have been on my top three. I forgot about that, Melody. Yes. If you have not seen this movie, you need to see it because it's amazing. It's like a sort of spoof on serial killers but it's really good i don't want to give too much away people's documentary style yep. uh-huh. film it's, it's amazing it is it's definitely. really really funny and also a little scary yeah so. and worth, worth a watch for sure oh, all right chris what about you honorable mentions yeah, i mean I have, i've got true detective was there I already mentioned that saw definitely on that list and then a movie called you're next did you guys see this film? It's like a home invasion movie. I heard a lot about it, but I never oh, got around to seeing it. It really is good. It 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 takes um, something that is, you know, we've all seen these home invasion movies, and they're not exactly my favorite, but uh, it takes that concept and flips it on its head. It's kind of like, this might be a spoiler. I don't know. I'm just going to say it anyway, because I think it'll get you to watch it, but it's like an adult home alone. It's it's. It's brilliant. It's it's really quite it's quite fun. It goes from horrifying to terrible to amusing to terrible to horrifying to funny to it's just it's great. It's a good movie. Okay. Okay. And what about you, Josh? Any honorable mentions? Well, once again, honorable mentions was something I did not know about beforehand, but I probably should have guessed. Since we've done um, it on every top list show, that yeah. We've since we've done on it, well, see, I I wouldn't have had to had you know three items in number two if I had honorable mentions. <laughs> That's true. My honorable mention is uh, from Dust Till Dawn, which isn't a serial killer movie, but made the internet list anyways. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Yeah, go. I don't understand how that would be a serial. I I don't either, but it was there and I liked it. I'm sure so. those vampires killed more than three they killed people a lot of over people. the course of a month. Oh boy. Okay. All right. That's the same <laughs> same way serial killer movie. The same way that San Andreas is a serial killer movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. It counts. All right, sure. Daniel. What about you? Honorable mentions. Yeah, San Andreas, Twister, uh, <laughs> the list goes on. Day after tomorrow, maybe. Independence yeah, Day. Good choice. Independence Great choice. Day was a horrible serial killer movie. Holy cow! No, I, I really don't have uh, many honorable mentions. Hot Fuzz was a great one that I didn't I didn't think of. Yeah, I mean there was a serial there were serial killers, I guess. Uh, and then I mean it, this was on all the lists. I guess it counts. Psycho. Um, yeah. I mean yeah. that's classic. It's good. So yeah. that's it. Yeah, is from, Psycho a serial killer movie? I don't know. He only killed. Yeah, from what I remember, like, he only killed like one. I, two it was on people? those lists too, though. I saw it. Yeah. Two people I'm that I can remember. I'm not sure. I could. I don't know. Maybe. I, maybe you, you could maybe convince me, but I don't know if I would say that's a serial killer. Yeah. Movie. Yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah, it is a stretch. Okay. Well, for me, it's the same stuff. Uh, Sweeney Todd. Actually, I didn't expect anybody yeah. would say that, one. but it was definitely an honorable mention, uh, as well as Seven for me and Saw. Hey, should um, we look at Facebook and maybe uh, mention some? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely had some uh, some interaction on on my post about it. Uh, we have Nate Powers. He said that Dexter was one of his favorite shows. Uh, so he loved that a lot and I also had uh, a couple other people we had one that I didn't expect Idris Elba's Luther the BBC show mm. I don't know that one might be a stretch to me Joel Rolston said that one uh, you know I, I appreciate you thinking outside the box Joel 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess there are serial killers in it. Sure. But I wouldn't. I, yeah. I mean, that 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 might qualify depending upon. Um, I just didn't count. But I yeah. guess that might qualify. Yeah. Um, I had uh, Corey Woomert on my Facebook page uh, responded, Mr. Brooks. I haven't seen that movie. Have you guys seen Mr. Brooks? I have not. Kevin not Costner. Like when it came out, it didn't make any impression on me. I don't. Yeah. Really... I, I it didn't me either. But I may. I don't know. I may go back and just watch a trailer and see if it looks interesting um but he also said immediately after that i said but does, does swinney todd count and then he said that would be that, that would be his pick with swinney todd he's yeah. definitely a music guy so swinney todd i understand coming uh coming from him absolutely does and on the screeners page itself we had actual actually daniel's wife who also it seems it's a family affair there picked zodiac <laughs> as her favorite oh surprise yeah yep. and <laughs> and then she put that her favorite director was david fincher and then I said, well, I thought your favorite director was Daniel. So oh, I guess yeah. Not. I'm offended. Well, I, I, also have trouble. Have, I also have to call her out because uh, we, I introduced her to like all of these movies last year. She was always so against all these dark movies like Melody. Uh, she was wholesome. Uh, but then I, <laughs> I ruined that. keyword. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but she liked Silence of the Lambs so much more than Zodiac. She just, I think, forgot that one. She actually didn't like Zodiac that much once we watched it. But maybe she uh, yeah. maybe it dwelt inside her brain a little longer yeah she's wrong about that but that's okay it's a melody <laughs> r2 whatever all right folks thanks for playing we'll be back in our next episode with another top three make sure to look on facebook for what that topic will be and until then let's move to our main event welcome to the main event all right so now we're moving on to uh, a segment we've done a couple times on the show called made you look uh, this is my first time playing this game, uh, so I'm definitely excited about it. In this segment, we each we sort of paired up and picked a movie for another screener that we loved that we that might be a little outside of their wheelhouse, not the typical movie that they would normally watch to try to expand their horizons and, and maybe uh, get them to like something they wouldn't normally give it a chance. So I'll go ahead and kick things off. I my job was to pick a movie for Chris. Mm, so I went easy. ahead and picked, yeah. So I uh, went ahead and tried to find like the lowest budget movie I could find. I was really trying <laughs> to find a non-blockbuster, you know. No, uh, no. I I went with a movie that I've talked about a few times on the podcast. One of my favorite movies from last year. I picked Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and so this was a Sundance hit from last year and uh, won like all the all the major awards at Sundance, and uh, just really impacted me a lot. So. Chris, yeah, what did you think of me and Earl and the Dying Girl? What did I think? That's such a a broad question. It is. It is. <laughs> um. Okay. So I feel like the director was definitely trying to get the attention of the audience for the first half an hour of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, his use of the camera and the cinematography and and all that stuff is very neon lights. You notice it. Um, it does some crazy like camera moves and swings and twists and turns. It's very, very, you're aware of the camera and, uh, it's, it's very much a character. And I would say the first third of this movie, uh, it it continues throughout most of the movie, but I feel like it calms down about halfway through. Um, and and I'd just be interesting to know like behind the scenes as to why they made those choices. So I was very distracted, but also intrigued by it. It felt very similar to the movie that Chad picked for me a couple times ago. What was that called, Chad? It was about the um, uh, racism. um, Dear White People? Dear White People, yeah. 
uh, it felt very much in the same that same vein of like you know they were they're trying to show that they could do interesting different things with the camera, and I appreciate that, but at the same time, it can be a little distracting. But I have to admit, um, this movie definitely made me feel. It, it really did. <laughs> yes. Um, it was after this movie, I actually went into both of my daughter's rooms and just sat there and watched them for a little while. <laughs> yes. um, it, it this movie makes you appreciate. Uh, so many different things, relationships, um, what they mean, why they matter, um, who your friends are, why are they your friends. It asks some really good questions, and so it, it was. It was good. It was a very good, touching, well, well done movie. If it, if not for the fact that you know, it definitely is a little distracting for the first, um, first third of it. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so the way I the way I read that cinematography is uh, yeah. that it's uh, very much inside the character the character's head. It's very much yeah, see, uh, I think really I portraying you, his emotions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think that's just the, mm, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I, I honestly I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, oh, they must be trying to say something here, but I'm not sure I buy that. But maybe. Maybe. I mean, I would like to listen to the commentary on this and hear sure. what the director actually thinks about that. But sorry, go ahead. So you think there's a point where it stops and that was a choice that they made and then it was more of a traditional film from that point on? Is that Well, uh, no, not necessarily. I think I think it just sort of um, tones down in the first half. He's trying – I forget the character's name. For the first half of the film, he's really – he's trying to figure out his own emotions. He's really um, – uh, isolated and and he he's analyzing everything, but right. then throughout the film he's sort of getting cracked by his 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 hard shell is getting cracked uh, by his friends that he doesn't even want to admit are his friends and and so things start calming down because he's not he's not as analytical he's not as being a, away from his environment he's he's sort of sinking into it so that's that's sort of how I read it yeah uh, it's it, it, I think too honestly like uh, it's just a little too hyper real for me like it's mm-hmm. too. Until he gets an, into into the relationship with Rachel, I think is is uh, mm-hmm. the girl's name. Um, until he gets far enough into the relationship, and the, the movie calms down and becomes that. I think at the very beginning, it just is a little too unbelievable, a little too hyper real, a little like he's got everything figured out, and so he's got mm-hmm. these rules and all that. And it's just a little, it's just a little silly. And I guess you just have to put that suspension of disbelief. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I was expecting to be a little bit more straightforward, and that's why I think it intrigued me, obviously, and set me up to at least, um, you know, pay attention. I, I just felt like it was a little too. I think the far word you're looking that. for is hipster, Chris. Hipster. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good word for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I the, don't the Earl especially is hilarious. <laughs> yes. The things that he would say and and their relationship is very complex and and weird and all that. But yeah, no, you're right. You're right, Chad. It it's is the, hipster. It's it the, is very I said millennial. this in a previous show. It's the role. It's like the Rolls Royce of hipster cancer movies. Yeah, I guess you're <laughs> right. That's right. I remember you that you said that about this movie. Okay, that uh-huh. makes that makes a lot of sense. That so, really does because it what, is a lot about him. You know what I mean? It's all about him you know what i mean but yeah go ahead sorry so what what i what i said when i uh talked about it on the show was that i haven't seen a movie in a long time that made me laugh as much as it made me like get emotional and and uh yeah and i teared up during this movie so did did you feel the same way did it have that good uh, yeah. balance of tone well okay I, I i think i went all over the place but i think the last third the last half of this movie Finally sinks into um, the 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 story they're actually trying to tell, um, and I, I think the 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 payoff is. Yeah, I, I was very upset with this movie. Okay, it it, it I don't want to go into spoiler yeah, territory. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but um, it, it is it, it is 
I don't even know how to do it without without spoiling this movie. Yeah, I don't. Um, it is very much the way that life is. I guess mm-hmm. for, for me that can be that can be a little devastating because it's not it's not uh, what you're necessarily expecting, and that's good. I think I think that 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 bit of it, although it made me angry and upset, I kind of respected the movie for for doing what it did. But yeah, it definitely makes you feel things if 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 you at least connect to any part of who those characters are. You'll you will definitely come away um, uh, with a uh, having been moved. All right, so Chris, Chris, we can move on from me and Earl and Dying Girl. Chris, who did you have in this little game? Oh man, I had Chad. Oh, Chad is a huge fan of horror films and slashers. And um, I was just trying to think of something that I thought maybe he would enjoy on some level that would be silly. And I really enjoyed this movie that nobody else had seen. So I picked. The Final Girls. Uh, this is a, a, a very much a, a comedy uh, horror uh, movie. It's it's about a uh, a girl who gets sucked into a horror movie, and uh, they have to figure out how to get out. It's very silly, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it did some interesting things. Specifically, there's one scene that I'd love to talk to you about, like. Uh, as far as moving the camera, we talked about the camera moving in the last film. They did some really cool things with the camera in this movie as well. So, Chad, what did you think of the final girls? Well, initially, when you picked this for me, I was kind of mad at you because it was only available to purchase. It was like $15. Oh. It's and the I price of like, the ticket. The price of the ticket. <laughs> I was not in Tennessee, it's not. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I was like, 15 bucks for this movie that I'm probably going to hate. But thankfully, like in the last day, I think, a matter of fact, yesterday or the day before, it, it was available to rent. So all is well. Nice. All right. Three ninety nine. So this is go. definitely a movie that, let me just say this, if I had paid $15, this co- the tenor of this conversation would be a lot different <laughs> but because it was 399 yeah um i will say that on the whole i enjoyed this movie i mean here's the thing i i almost always appreciate films that take a genre and then use its tropes to lampoon that that genre especially if it's done well yeah. and i think that half of this movie maybe a little more than half maybe two-thirds of this movie accomplishes that in spades yeah. it is when it's trying to be funny man is it funny it is especially <laughs> funny if you are and i'm no connoisseur but I have seen and read lots of things related to the horror genre. And so it is littered with tropes, as as many genre films are. But this one ha- is very clever and very inventive about the way that it uh, makes fun of those tropes while at the same time trying to be an entry into the genre. And so it's it's very, very funny. When in the last third it tries to become more of the horror side, it really fails miserably not only just because it's not scary but it's just a lot less interesting and it's pretty long it's like 20 or 30 minutes make up like the last sequence of the and of course it's going through a lot of the motions that these horror films go through even the title it's you know the name itself suggests what's going to happen but it just it didn't it didn't it didn't keep that consistent tone for me. So, but like I said, two thirds of the way through this, I was like, man, this is hilarious. So funny. The characters are, are, are on point. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really great, but then it didn't nail the landing. So overall I would recommend this movie for sure. Anybody that, that likes comedy. And certainly if you like horror, I I would say 
give it a shot. So, and I, I didn't know, I don't know where you found out about this movie. I'd never heard anything about it until, until you told me about it, Chris, but it's really, really pretty good. Yeah. Um, actually my, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, told me about it. He said, this is a movie that you would enjoy. And I was like, what? That seems stupid. And actually, believe it or not, at the time it wasn't available for rent. So I just bought it. I blind bought it. And that's uh, how you roll. That's how I roll. And uh, I think at the time though, it was only 10 bucks. It was on sale. It was uh, cheaper than, than that. But I, um, there's a sequence fairly late into the in the movie, or maybe it's midway through, where the uh, the slasher guy busts into a room, um, and then the camera moves up and over and behind. Do you remember the sequence? Mm-hmm. It, it, it they actually built a rig in order to do that. It's insane because I've got the, the, the special features. And ah. I think the, the, the care that they went in to make this movie unique and different and do things that are just completely yeah. self-referential in the genre, but also, like you said, trying to be a part of it. Yeah, it gets a little, you know, little silly at the very end when it actually tries to do the the horror bit but i, I really appreciated it and had a really good fun time yeah, it, it does some unexpected things it has I, a sequence in there related to slow motion that is hysterical oh absolutely gosh. hysterical it's brilliant it, it it's really brilliant. it really is great and very clever it has you know a thing without giving anything away with the credit sequence that is oh awesome gosh. it yes. is, just comes out of nowhere it's like this is amazing yep. and the last the last quote unquote fight if you will I don't want to give away too much there between uh, between the people that that involves is also yeah. so so very well done so yeah I, over I, overall I, I am not mad at you at all Chris for for three ninety nine it was ninety two minutes long which that's also hilarious by the way and for and anybody I think Daniel would actually like this movie anybody that is passionate yeah. about filmmaking yeah. uh, I think this does a lot of things that are that would interest interest you so yeah it was it was good it was very very well done Chris. Awesome. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought you would just because of the this, this subject matter. I did. And speaking of people enjoying things, let's go to my person. And I got Josh. So in trying to pick a, a movie for Josh, the palette is is so huge. I mean, we've got classics like The Godfather or... Which you could have picked. Which I could have picked. Any mm-hmm. any number of just well-known films that have charted the course of cinematic history. And so I but thought... But you didn't do that, did you, Chad? No, I thought what better thing to do... Well, well, here's the thing, Josh. I decided to pick... Because I understand that you have a very specific taste and you like things that are a certain quality. Specific so, set of skills. Specific set of skills. And so what I did was I said... I'm not going to pick any movie that has any less than like a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I'm happy to tell you that this film, critical. this is from the top critics now, oh. has a 97% on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. I am not kidding. And so it's made many people's uh, top 10 of the, of the year list for 2015. It broke ground from a production and technological standpoint. And so I thought, and it's on Netflix. So Josh has already got a subscription right in his wheelhouse. And that movie is Tan. Hey, Alexandra, come here. Listen, have you seen Cindy? Cinderella. Looks like someone has a crush. Cindy's back on the block? Oh, yeah, she's back. She's back and she's going hard. Merry Christmas, bitch. Woo! <laughs> I got some good news to tell you about me and Chester. I know what it is. You're breaking up with him. Thank God. I'm going to be cheating on you like that. Wait, wait, wait. What? You, you didn't know? I'm gonna go with you under one condition. You must promise me that there's not gonna be any drama. I promise, I promise. Look at me in my eyes and promise. I promise no drama, Alexandria. 
Out here, it is all about our hustle. And that's it. For those of you that don't know, I will read the description on IMDb of Tangerine. It's one sentence. It is, a working girl tears through Tinseltown on Christmas Eve searching for the pimp who broke her heart. Now, there are a couple of things of note about this movie. Number one, it was completely shot on iPhones iPhones plus with some supplemental lenses and a couple of additional lighting techniques. But essentially, the entire film was shot on iPhones and it stars two transgender central characters that are essentially taking you through a Christmas Eve looking for the pimp who broke one of their hearts. And so this movie because of the buzz that it kept getting, I was like, I have to see this thing. I mean, it's a 97%. People are talking about it's great. It was shot on iPhones. So, Josh, tell me, what did you think of Tangerine? Well, Chad, you're, <laughs> you're my friend, or you were my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> but So you should have known. that. Let's, let's go back to just how you introduced this with, with the buzz and everything. You pitched this movie to me when you picked it for me by saying, now don't read too much about it. Trust me, it was on several critics' top ten lists. Those things are true. (laughs) So you listened to the last episode, right? So you know what I think of critics and critics' opinions. So that was just a wonderful troll on your part. That was (laughs) very well done. So (laughs) my, my opinion of this movie is... What have I watched? <laughs> Does this movie have a redeeming quality somewhere? I mean, there's it. It has it has a plot. It has something resembling a plot. But who cares? The characters are unlikable. It's told in unentertaining vignette after vignette, and everyone is yelling all the time. And there's just nothing like a movie billed as a dark comedy that's not funny where you don't care what happens to anyone, and yet at the end, you're still somehow depressed on behalf of humanity as a whole. This is the greatest moment in screen's history right now. This is, I mean, I, so you I liked come it. off bad on so many levels for saying all this because it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's an issue movie, and it's, it's like a, it's an Oscar bait that was never going to get an Oscar because it was shot on iPhones. But and I've heard the Duplass brothers interviewed, who made this movie, interviewed in a couple of different places. Uh, usually, it's about togetherness on HBO. But they go back and forth between seeming very satisfied with their contributions to film and TV. Hold on, Josh. And, this, before you get too far, this wasn't made by the Duplass brothers. It was. Um, they, they, it was their production company. It, their the, production the, company. Yeah, but the writer and director is Sean Baker. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, fine. Okay. I mean, they produced okay. it. So Let's, if you want to go down that road, but they were the a different guy wrote and directed it, but that's fine. Keep going. You're fine. No, I, I, I totally won't go down this particular road because I, I saw their names plastered on it. And I was like, I actually, it was my bad for not going to uh, look and see no, who fine. was responsible for this. Um, <laughs> who so, was responsible for this? <laughs> because there's, there's this great parallel of them trying to uh, be self-deprecating about how early in their careers they tried to be the Coen brothers. But, um, decided that they were better off being themselves but then this i i could try to i could draw a line somewhere between like the coen brothers general uh, living in absurdity and living on the fringe and what this movie did but it's it's not the same thing and this movie is all yelling all the time like i said and 
that just that grates on my nerves after a while, and I just <laughs> want to not watch it anymore. But as an aside, Netflix um, predicted I would rate this movie something like four point eight stars. Yeah, oh my see, I knew it, Josh. I was trying to help you out. Their algorithm needs work, <laughs> and they could correct it a little faster if they'd have let me rate it zero stars, but I had to settle for one. So a little callback here to when we were discussing Hannibal, and Josh was worried about sharing Hannibal with his wife. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite parts yeah, of this story is that, didn't you start watching this with your wife? Oh, I did. I was like, my <laughs> wife and I like to watch movies on weekends. Oh, no. She she actually instigates it most of the time. She's like, let's watch a movie. Okay, we'll watch a movie. And I, so I have this movie I have to watch for the podcast, and it's on Netflix. And she said, okay, well, I even I read the description to her. I was like, I don't know, but Chad said, <laughs> critics, you like, she's more into picking a movie based on laurels on the cover of it than I am. And so we started watching it, and like 45 minutes into it, which is about halfway, the movie's yeah. 88 minutes long, um, I'm like, you know, I really can just finish this later and she's like yeah i my life would be no no worse off for not having seen the end of this movie because she was feeling the same way about it i was and yeah that was a bad decision in retrospect and that whole um don't read too much about it chad Next time, I'm not going to listen to you on that. Well, you know, Josh, see, this was kind of like, this was like a crapshoot for me, because it's like a 50-50 shot here. You, This could be a movie that you absolutely embrace. I don't, could I mean, it? I don't Why? know. I mean, Why? you know, it's a no. social movie. It's some, tell me. somewhat socially conscious. It's, you it's know, not. it's an issues movie. Sure, sure it is. It's a day in the life. It's not done in a traditional way. But, you know, you, you never know. With you, Josh, anyway. I'm glad. I'm glad you think I'm a three-dimensional person, Chad. I, I appreciate that opinion you have of me. Um, this is not one of those dimensions. Well, that that is <laughs> that is certainly understandable. I, when I watched this movie last year, just in my in my Oscar prep and all that kind of stuff before nominations came out, there was a lot of talk that this might get a nomination. But I, I will say this about the movie. Other than like the first maybe 15 minutes, which I think are remarkably ugly as far as just from a, a composition and a lighting standpoint, you'd be hard-pressed to, to think that this was shot on iPhones. Now, it doesn't look very That's beautiful true. or cinematic, but it to say that it's shot on iPhones I think is, is pretty impressive. And I think there are some character moments in there that are sweet and that are uh funny ish but yes there is no redeeming quality necessarily to this movie i wasn't 100 percent sure what it was trying to say but it it is certainly interesting and i always err on the side of i've got you know as we do in this show in the summertime we have no shortage of superhero films and blockbusters and all this other stuff and then we get a very small window where we get in my opinion what are quality films so i'm always going to try and find something that's a little different and so all I can say, Josh, is you're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, <laughs> the the toned down version of my tirade is that I'm I'm just I'm disappointed, really. That like like you said, it's a day in the life movie, and I'm disappointed that everyone in this movie is so one dimensional as to be a caricature of of people in this world. Unless this is really what this world is like in yeah. which case well, I'm I think, just depressed right and I think that's more in line with what the from what I've read of the director and the actors is that this in their opinion is a pretty accurate representation of what these characters lives are actually like in that real world which then does make you a little bit more sad but anyway for those of you that may be interested it is on Netflix uh, right now so I guess that leaves me huh that leaves my pick mm-hmm. 
Well, Yay. <laughs> it's going to be a little less, um, a little anticlimactic in the sense that I don't have, I don't have as great of a backstory for my pick as you do, Chad, because you always, you have such a breadth of film history and film watching, both current and past, to take into account and bring to bear. And I just look at what's on Netflix right now, and uh, I think, has Melody seen this before? <laughs> and it turns out she has, and so I go on to the next one. I almost picked, um, on Netflix right now, a little shout-out, What's Eating Gilbert Grape is on Netflix, it's and that one. is a great, great movie. movie. Yeah, it's yes. great. Josh, and you shouldn't be so that. considerate. Chris makes people buy movies. Just turn it right back around. <laughs> <on. laughs> <laughs> I almost picked What's Eating Gilbert Grape, but... It turns out that Melody hasn't seen another movie that is on Netflix right now that she needed to see, and that is In Bruges with uh, Colin mm-hmm. Farrell and someone else. I should have really looked this up beforehand. Brendan Gleeson. Colin Gleeson. Farrell, I think. Sorry? Brendan Gleeson. Yes, Brendan Gleeson. And Ray Fine. And Ray Fines. So, yeah. And I think Colin Farrell won an award for this movie. Um, I say I don't have a big backstory because I, I've seen the movie. I saw it years ago. And I remember being pleasantly surprised by it, but I don't remember why. So, Melody, can you either <laughs> confirm or deny my pleasant surprise? Well, I'm going to guess you saw this movie before you became a father. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is good already. <laughs> I was I did not like this movie. I did not enjoy the watch. It was very sad and depressing. I I think that it is a v- extremely well-written film. I think that the characters are very compelling to the point where I I I actually liked all of them. Like I actually they're they're all like uh hitmen basically and they're all very very bad people but they're so weirdly relatable and they, they have you know moments of funniness this is listed as a comedy which i don't understand but they, they they're very relatable and intriguing and so i liked all the characters <clears throat> the the film is strange but i don't like i don't know am i giving away spoilers in this review of this film or not it's like 15 years old so yeah, it's like 2008. It, uh, Is yeah. that 15 years already? Two th- it's 2008? Are you sure? Yes, it's really not that old. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's what... eight years ago. That's a long time, folks. Yeah, I was going to say, it is 2016, everybody. All right. <laughs> well, as we know, I have a bit of a sensitive heart, okay? So I didn't really I, I didn't really like the uh, the premise of this film, which is this hitman that accidentally kills a child and then goes a little crazy and then everyone else goes a little crazy and then everybody dies basically so (laughs) um but you know it was uh i don't know why i needed to see it josh why did i need to see this movie tell me why maybe i'm missing the beauty in it well it it was one of those it's it's one of these action movies that's also a dark comedy and it's set in bruges which is uh really turns out to be a surprisingly beautiful little town that um that, that's really all I got. And Colin Farrell <laughs> is, uh, I like Colin Farrell, and he won. Well, yeah, uh, I will say I don't like Colin Farrell, I, but I oh. loved him in this movie. I loved all of them in this movie. I loved Brandon Gleason. I loved Ray Fiennes. I, like the three of them, loved them. Just, you know, wasn't, Just, wasn't you know, so plot. in love with the, the plot. Yeah. But their characters are great, and the acting was spectacular for sure. So it's worth, See, it's yeah, worth I, a watch I kinda... for those of you with hard hearts. 
but minus off. <laughs> <laughs> May I suggest as a uh, palate cleanser, um, tangerine. Oh, we have a palate <laughs> cleanser coming, don't you worry. Please do. Yeah, let's, so speaking of soft hearts, what are yeah. we moving on to next? Full circle. Uh, I felt like we needed a little happiness and joy in this show. <laughs> so I picked a wonderful film for Daniel to watch. After multiple attempts at trying to think of a film that Daniel would not have seen that would be out of the box for him, I came up with one of my classic childhood favorites, the one and only genuine original <laughs> Family band. Press don't change, oh, peace and be off the ground. Walt Disney is the one and only genuine original family band. That fabulous Dakota-bound pioneer family whose musical razzmatazz rang up the curtain for territorial statehood while Grandpa played havoc with politics and with the lives of two young people in love. The one and only genuine original family band. And yeah, guys, this is a real movie. This is <laughs> what? Yeah, movie. what? Is, I've never heard of this. <laughs> okay, now uh, uh, let me caveat this. It's Kurt Russell's first movie, right? It's, it's Goldie Hawn's first movie. Goldie it's Hawn. not Kurt Russell's first movie, but he is in it as a young child. Yeah. But let me just warn you that there are fans of this movie that really, really love this movie. So I wouldn't bash on it too hard if you didn't like it because they might hurt you. Because oh, I'm, I'm afraid of them. I'm. <laughs> I'll, I'll go find them in their retirement home so they can uh, do some damage. So, <laughs> what are you trying to say about me? Also, also, this movie is is not only just a fun musical and a throwback to the good old days of filmmaking, but is also political intrigue, people. And so I felt it was timely. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. So I went into this movie knowing absolutely nothing about it. The best aside, way, I, I'm sure. Aside from the fact that it was Disney and it was made in 1968, and I saw the movie poster, that's all I knew about it. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't look up a cast or anything. So when I saw Kurt Russell, I was like, "Whoa, holy crap, that's Kurt Russell!" <laughs> so, look, it, it's you know, it is what it is. I really don't have a lot to say about it. Um, <laughs> when I, when it started, I'll be honest, I had super <laughs> low hopes. Okay. Uh, this is not my type of movie. I like some classic musicals, um, but usually the old Disney ones just they just don't work for me. What is wrong um, with you? And this is going to be great. We're going to give Daniel a classic Disney musical every time we do this. This is going to be great. So it kicked off with this goofy song about this dumb, genuine, original family band. I, can't and I was like, all right. Oh, come on. There is some inspiring lyrics in that song. Oh, I believe you. So then it kicked into the plot. And I'll be honest, I was shocked because I was watching a freaking political movie. Uh-huh. I couldn't believe it. The whole movie is about politics. I couldn't yeah. believe it. And uh, so it was actually super timely. It was a movie about how politics tear us apart <laughs> and we shouldn't let that divide us. And uh, it was really a good timely pick. So 
I was shocked uh, that I liked it a little more than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> a little but, more? Uh, you know. I'll take it. Look, I'll take it. Look, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. Uh, I thought the uh, the main actress who played the daughter, whatever her name was, she Leslie did pretty good. Yes, Leslie Ann Warren. She did. She did. She was great. She was really likable. And then, you know, from there, that's about the you know, the songs were goofy. Uh, it doesn't age well, uh, but it has an interesting message that I just that caught me completely off guard. I, maybe if I had watched the trailer, I wouldn't have been caught so off guard. But I, I the, the entire literally from beginning to end, this is a movie about politics, and it's a Disney like family movie. I was just shocked. So um, yeah, so you know, it's. Cute, it's fluffy, but it's better than I thought it would be. That is great to hear. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it with my kids in preparation for the podcast because it's been a few years since I've seen it, and they were like totally into like trying to figure out all the political stuff, and it was really funny. I just have to tell this because at the end of the movie, there it's like um, it's the election, and the two sides are are like in fist fights, like throwing pies at each other in ridiculousness over the winner of the election and and Kayla goes is this how all elections are like she totally <laughs> thought like this is how the president's going to be elected in a few months and we're all going to decide about right yeah, yeah that sounds, kind yeah. of is Cute. no but and, I'll be honest I I took away cuz so um I don't know if we've talked about this on the show but I'm I'm the youngest one on the podcast oh, uh, so uh, so you know this is a uh, you know I haven't been in politics as long as these my elder statesmen have have <laughs> been involved in it but uh and so i was like what Man, you're saying is you're not old enough to vote yet is that what you're trying to say i am old enough to vote there's so, only one elder statesman here <laughs> true so uh so i was like man politics have been jacked up for a lot longer than uh it's, right? it's not just oh, yeah. recent things so yeah, uh, yeah i think so i took I think away a good is, thing from the movie that, that's good. It's, good it's good to remind ourselves sometimes that this is not a uh, abnormal thing this happens frequently yeah. yes well we can talk about that later it's a little abnormal no. Uh, no. Some things. Some things. <laughs> it's a great movie, and I'm glad you watched it, Daniel. I'm glad you didn't hate it. You know, I wouldn't have watched it if you hadn't picked it out. So I guess we can consider this game a success. Yep. Success. Um, You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Well, that's all we have to say for this episode. As always, go ahead and join us on Facebook, especially with our new Top 3 segment. Let us know what your top favorite serial killer movies and or tv shows are and if you want to drop us an idea for the next top three segment we'd be more than happy to you know at least entertain it get in touch with us like i said on facebook by email screenerscast at gmail.com go ahead and subscribe on itunes and if you like us please do leave a review leave a rating really helps our visibility and don't forget to join us next time when we will be talking about the jungle book and that's a wrap You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.